Enjoy the convenience of seven days a week banking and extended hours with Cube from First Arkansas Bank and Trust, member FDIC. It's time for From the Short Grass with Trey Shap, a golf podcast for those who love golf, struggle with golf, and just like to enjoy the outdoors and fellowship with friends, all while chasing a ball around trying to put it in a four and a quarter inch diameter hole. From the Short Grass is brought to you by Blackman Auctions. For over 80 years, better auctions have always been Blackman Auctions. And by Beachwood Pinnacle Hotels. We partner with you to deliver high-yield results by managing, developing, and investing in top-quality hospitality assets. And now, From the Short Grass, here is your host, Trey Schapp. Welcome to another edition of From the Short Grass. I am your host, Trey Schapp. Final episode of 2021 here on From the Short Grass, this episode. And a quick shout-out of those going into the 2022 class of the Arkansas State Golf Association Hall of Fame, highlighted by Pam Spikes. Also going in, Lee Brunn, Dot Germain, Dan Murphy, and Trey Rutledge. He is going to be only the second golf course superintendent inducted into the Arkansas State Golf Association Hall of Fame. Well-deserved by those five individuals. In this episode of From the Short Grass, when I was out in Las Vegas, got to sit down with Tony Romo, I also had the chance to sit down with David Pollock, who went into the National Football Foundation College Football Hall of Fame. I think you're going to enjoy our conversation of the game of golf with David and a little football as well. Blackman Auctions, one of our great sponsors on From the Short Grass. You can find them at blackmanauctions.com. Since 1938, better auctions have always been Blackman Auctions. For a full list of their upcoming auctions, go to their website, blackmanauctions.com. You can find that full list right there on their website. Blackman Auctions, one of our great sponsors of From the Shortgrass. We're back after this. Stay with us. With all the decisions you need to make about what to do in El Dorado, finding a place to stay is an easy one. The Haywood is uniquely positioned to make your stay one to treasure. Located in the historic Union Square district of El Dorado, the Haywood offers luxurious accommodations that feature contemporary colorful rooms with high quality bedding. Comfortable baths with walk-in showers and a spacious workspace with stylish plantation shutters that are unique additions to the stunning decor in a non-smoking environment. Make the Haywood your home away from home the next time you visit El Dorado. This is Thomas Blackman with Blackman Auctions. Me sponsoring a golf show is great irony. I've been a phenomenally bad golfer for 30 years. I don't know the difference between a penalty area and a bunker. I like it, but I'm really bad. You listen to this show and to Trey because he's a great golfer and knows the game backwards and forwards. I know auctions like Trey knows golf. I've been a professional auctioneer for 30 years. I know auctions. Trey knows golf. Listen to the correct expert. Call me to learn about auctions, not Trey. Since 1938, better auctions are Blackman auctions. Welcome back to this edition of From the Short Grass. David Pollock was born in New Brunswick, New Jersey, but attended Shiloh High School in Snellville, Georgia. He was a star in football, basketball, and wrestling, but in football as a senior, he was a Class 5A All-State selection, and the Atlanta Touchdown Club named him the Defensive Lineman of the Year. He was a three-time first-team All-American in college at the University of Georgia, three-time first-team All-SEC, 
two-time SEC Player of the Year, Chet Begnerick Award winner in 2004, the Lott Trophy in 2004, the Lombardi Award in 2004. He was two-time Ted Hendricks Award winner in 2003 and 2004. He was a 2005 Outback Bowl MVP. He's a member of the Florida-Georgia Hall of Fame and most recently went into the College Football Hall of Fame. And that is where I caught up with David Pollock out in Las Vegas at the National Football Foundation Hall of Fame Awards Dinner. On the tee, David Pollock. All right, David, congratulations on being inducted into the uh, National Football Foundation College Football Hall of Fame. What does that mean to you? Well, I think it's, um, it's a cool moment to share with your family. You know, my mom and daddy are here and my in-laws and um, just a bunch of the people that helped you get where you got. You don't, you don't get to individual accolades. You don't get here. I, I didn't get here without a dad that coached me in youth league football that didn't ask me to try to go be an NFL player or be a great player. He just wanted me to love the game of football and taught me how to do that. And mom and dad that sacrificed, you know, everything for me. So I just, I think it's pretty cool you get to stop and just say thank you. What does Mark Richt mean to David Pollock? Man, he means a lot. He's, he's you know, he's the main reason I went to the University of Georgia. Um, you know, I still have a Bible study every Wednesday with Coach Rick right now, and he's back in Athens. So um, just an unbelievable human being, just the way he treats people, the way he showed me how to, um, handle my business and handle other people and um, how to be strong in my faith and what was important in life. It was, uh, you know, it's, it's an impressionable couple of years that you get to spend with somebody, and I'm just very thankful I had coach. Your time at Georgia, did you ever look around and see some of the individual awards in the facility and think, man, I'd like to have my name on some of those or be associated with those? I think I'd be lying if I said no. Um, I'm one of the most competitive human beings on the planet, and I'll, I'll be honest, it's a good thing and it's a bad thing. Like, it's, there's been plenty of fights where my wife's been going to the bedroom <laughs> crying on board games, like categories, for God's sake. Oh, no. So, oh, yeah. Um, <laughs> so anytime I saw, you know, something, I, I, I just I wanted to be the best, and I still do, man. And it's a, it's a flaw of mine. So unfortunately, my daughter has that now, which is, which is bad for her. But I've always wanted to be – if I was going to do it, I wanted to be great at it. So I, I had high, lofty goals. I had aspirations. Um, now my dreams – I'm not saying my dreams ever took me this far, though. Georgia is known as a football school, but it's also got a pretty good golf program as well. Yeah, real solid. When you were there, did you go socialize with any of the guys on the golf team or anything? Do you have any friends over there? You, you got any stories or something? No, are you, are no, you no. trying to lead me somewhere? Because not yet. So not my, that I know of. My senior year of, uh, of college was the first time I ever played golf. Um, I got invited to play a nice course, and my dad was like, you got to do it. So I The went nice to, course was? Uh, Augusta. Okay, so I, very I, good. I, yeah. I, I didn't know anything about it, really, but I, I got invited to play, and my dad was like, you have to do it. And so I went over to the golf facility, and I started hitting balls every day for like 12 hours. Like, it was nuts. I had blisters all over my hands. I, was breaking, I broke so many driver heads off clubs, it was ridiculous because I did not cheat my swing. Right. Um, nor do I still today. And... Um, but, yeah, it was fun. So the UGA facility, Coach Hacker, and still over there. Dougie, still over there. Yeah. Um, yeah, they let me come over there and smack some balls around and still friends with Kisner and a lot of those Bubba and a lot of those guys that are golfers. So, so what was it like for you playing Augusta but then seeing Bubba Watson not only win the Masters once but twice? Yeah, it was cool, man. It, it was cool. I, Bubba's a cool story anyways. If you ever spend time with Bubba, he's, he's different, man. He's, you know, yeah. he's, he doesn't have a swing coach. Like, he's not – 
he's just out there playing golf, man. He's, he's kind of his own guy. And um, to watch him have success is, is cool. Good dude. Um, obviously representing Georgia, obviously, is a great thing, too. So when you went over to the facility, did the coach give you some pointers? Oh, yeah. He tried. But, oh, my God, I was so far behind. It's like working with an infant. No, he had no <laughs> clue how to work with me. It was just, all right, dial the swing back a little bit. Let's not swing as hard. Okay, um, so take me to your time at Augusta. What was it like? It was awesome. It was really cool. Um, you know, I, I definitely had, I had a goal. I wanted to shoot a certain number, and uh, I didn't hit it. But uh, I had 12 weeks beforehand to, uh, to grind, and I did. I, 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 <laughs> I grinded a lot, and I ended up shooting in the 80s, but it was high 80s. So. That's pretty good, though, to get the call like that and never really picked up a club, I assume, yeah. before that, and then to go out there and do that. Yeah, but I played every day for like 12 hours. So it's not it's – not, I mean, But I, you worked on it. Oh, 100%. Because some the, people get the call, and it's like, hey, can you meet me next weekend? I went to the UGA facilities every day over there and played golf, literally okay. every single day, just chipped and putt. And listen, those caddies are so ridiculous. It's incredible. They're like, put it here like it's going – I was like, holy cow, how did you know that? So <laughs> yeah. they make you a lot better. Um, on college game day. This year, before the Arkansas-Georgia game, uh, Harris English was on yep. the set as the celebrity guest pick picker, yep. uh, won the Ryder Cup. What was it like having the Ryder Cup around the set? No, it was cool. It was cool, too, to, you know, Texan Harris the week of, and he, he wanted to do it. He wanted to come on, but he had still been partying from the week before. I mean, they were so right. jacked up to, to finally win a Ryder Cup. It was cool to see how much it means to those guys, man. Like, you saw Rory crying talking about it. Like, you see the, the Americans taking so much pride. And Harris, the big thing Harris told me, he was like, dude, that – you got to realize, I don't have teammates, any. He was like, this is me. It's just me every day, all day, the whole year. He was like, so when you can bring something together like this and we get to play for each other and pull for somebody else, he's like, it's, it's, it's so cool. So it was cool to see him and them gel together and, and, and do something we ain't done in a while. How much time do you get to watch golf? Well, I, I get plenty of time if I choose to watch golf, but I'm not yeah. going to choose to watch golf. I, I'm, I'm too ADD can't watch for that. It. No, I'm not. I got you. I can watch the, the, the main events on Sunday. Like, that's about – no, I'm not a, I'm not a so golf So, if your watcher. boy Bubba's in it. Yeah, if Kisner's, Kisner's in, in it. In if, it. If, if any of those guys, Harris is in it, like, we, we, can, we can watch. But, I, listen, I'm ADD. I need to be, like, flying around doing something. So, how much do you get to play now? Uh, I just started playing – I hadn't played for several years. I just started playing um, about three or four months ago. And started walking nine holes with my buddies a couple days a week. And, uh, and so it's been fun to kind of get back into it. I got fitted for clubs and actually, you know, trying to actually play again. So that's the way to do it, isn't it? Yeah, that's definitely the way to do it. I can, I can punish it. I just don't know where to find it a lot of times. So. What about Herb Street? You think you could beat him? Yes, Herbie sucks. Yeah. Does he really? Herbie sucks. Reese sucks. Yeah, that's, that's not Does Desmond play? No, Desmond. He didn't seem like he, he's too pretty, isn't he? No, now Lee Fitting, like our produce, one of our producers from yeah, the back, he's ridiculous. He he's a scratch. Jimmy G, our producer now, he's he's good, um, but no, not a lot of good golfing at the at the at the college game day set. And you know the thing I hate about golf is I hate about I don't like golf. Everything I've ever done in my life, I can bring more energy, more aggression, more passion, and be better. Like basketball, I'll, I'll start thumping you if I need to. Oh like yeah, I can I can lay into you. Football, I can hammer you. Like I can come like a scalded dog. Golf, you can't do that. There's, there's you're playing against yourself and all that bull well, you crap. Could talk cr you could talk trash. To who? Myself? No, to, to your opponent. When you suck, you don't talk trash, bro. <laughs> yeah, you can. But, like, it's just interesting. It's such an interesting sport. The ball's not even moving. It's just it's a very frustrating sport. Very yeah. frustrating. Well, but it, it gets in your head. And I guess when you look at it that way, the fact that you really, I mean, you can't go out there and just beat up 
your clubs or the course. I think or you anything. should be able to hit somebody once, like once a round. Once a round, I should. When you're in your backswing, I should just be able to destroy you, like a punching ball or something. Just come spear you. Yeah, yeah, that'd be great. Like you did on the football yeah, field, slow you many down a, a bit. times. Yeah. Is there a game that you look back on and think, man, if I would have done this or if I would have done that? Is there one game that just sticks out to where you think, if I'd have done this or that? Oh, absolutely. Won. Florida, my sophomore year, we went um, we went thirteen and one. And that's when uh, Ohio State played Miami for the national championship. Maurice Claret, Craig Krenzel, oh, yeah. and all those great Miami players. Um, you know, that game, I intercepted a pass on the three-yard line. And then I ran the ball back to the 50. And I turned and handed the ball off to Sean Jones, one of our safeties, because he's a lot faster and I wasn't going to make it. I was out of oxygen. Like, I made a couple people miss, and I was exhausted. Um, I literally handed it to Sean and walked to the end zone. Or walk to the uh, to the oxygen tank on the sidelines. I was yeah. so tired. Um, but they called it a forward lateral on the handoff. And we ended up losing by, by six points. And uh, he scored a touchdown on that play. I was pissed. It was stupid. Still one of the dumbest calls in NCAA history. It was literally a handoff. And he called a forward lateral. It, it, stupid. Is this the pinnacle of your playing career going into the College Football Hall of Fame? I guess. I don't know. I've never... Never really looked at it like that. I mean, I just first you want to start, first you want to play, um, then you want to try to get drafted, and you want to try to do all those things. This is, I guess. I mean, this is. Listen, I'm not more deserving than a lot of people. It's the facts. Like you play with your teammates, and your teammates, you know, we were good. That's why you get all Americans. Like it's not a secret. I mean, I coach kids all the time. Like you want to have individual success, be a great team. I mean. You're a great team. That's what happens. You get all kinds of awards. And our defense at that time was just silly. I mean, me and Thomas Davis and Odell Thurman and Jonathan Sullivan and just the list goes on and on and on. And all those guys, we, we made each other better and we had a lot of success and Georgia won a lot of games. And in turn, you, you get stuff like this. Outside of the University of Georgia, when you look at the names in the College Football Hall of Fame, which names stick out to you? Um, I don't know. I, I don't know. I don't even know all the names that are in it. Um, I'm, I'm sure – you know, it's a, it's a huge list of people, but, uh, you know, Herschel Walker and Vince Dooley's here. So, you know, my Georgia, my Georgia and brethren, Warner's here. You know, he was, he was here last night. I got to see him. So I think my Georgia brethren, Stinchcombs, you know, both in it. So those guys, Herschel right. stick out. All right, one more golf question, and then I'll let you go. If you could have a fantasy foursome put it together to play one round of golf, who would it be, living or deceased, and where would you play? So I, I could get anybody I wanted. Anybody you wanted. So uh, any person that lived. Any person that lived. I'd want to play with Jesus. That'd be great. I'd love to see his <laughs> golf game. Um, I'd love to play with my grandfather again because I haven't seen my grandfather since, since I was a kid. I'd love to play with Pops again. Yeah. Pops is the man. Um, and then uh, – Shoot, because I, I think about, like, who would I want to have a conversation with? Like, Martin Luther King would be awesome to go play. And, like, right. how did you keep so much positivity in a world that was so hateful? Um, so that would be my three. I guess I'm, I'm the fourth, right? So Your pops, Jesus, and Martin Luther King. Yeah, that'd be that's sweet. That's pretty good. Yeah, I mean, that's a strange. I've never got that question before, but, um, yeah, that'd be, that'd be a sweet foursome. I, I think we'd have a lot of fun. College game day. What's that family traveling circus like? Um, when, when you when – you, you don't miss – nobody misses beating the crap out of each other in football. Like, we don't miss that crap. Um, you miss the camaraderie. You miss your boys in the locker room. You miss busting balls. And, like, that's the most fun part about – you put up with all the other stuff because 
because you get to go through that with your brothers. And I think we have that. You know, we have a locker room every week. We get there on Thursdays, and we have dinners. And Fridays we get together and we have meetings, and then we do TV on Fridays, and then Saturdays we do a show together. But, like, um, you know, Saturday we were at the SEC Championship game. We're all on the sidelines watching. We all go back to the hotel, and we have a watch party and watch the Big Ten Championship game. Then we all jump on a flight and fly to Bristol to do show the next day. So I think having people in your life like that that you get to work with and build a relationship and – you know, create that locker room atmosphere, it's, it's, it makes it special. What have you learned from Lee Corso throughout your time there at College Game Day? Lee Corso every week is a lesson in humility. Um, I, I've never seen somebody treat people with such respect all the time, every day, every week. Um, just to find just such a great reminder of that every week. And um, just it's just it's, it's insane. I mean, it's just somebody – find somebody in your life that loves some, something they do that much. Like he – loves what he does and lives for it and you see him on set when he says something and he didn't get the reaction he wants he'll say it again and uh just um you know it's like it's like you know i told you i just told you my pops has been gone for for a yeah. long time and i'd love to see my pops again i mean he's kind of my pops man like we're on the road and it just my i bring my kids first thing he does is talk to my kids first one first one out of his seat to talk to him first one out of his seat to hey come here Here's the, here's, the, uh, here's the snacks over here on the side, like um, <laughs> filling up the bag. So people tell me I'm like the bullpen guy. Like, you know, I'm off, I come off the pine um, for game day, and Coach is there, and I fill in for him. And people say all the time, when are you going to take over for Corso? And I said, I hope never. Yeah. I mean, I hope never. I hope he gets to do this for 10 more years. And he's, he's about to be 87 this year. So It's amazing, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, it's crazy. To but think it, he has that kind of energy. Just to have a guy that um, with that much humility, he shows you the ropes, he shows you how it's done. He's in your corner cheering for you. He's, he's awesome, man. Well, you were fun to watch in college. I remember uh, watching you play, and uh, congratulations on going into the Hall of Fame, David. You weren't in Arkansas then, were you? you weren't I in, was. Were you? 30 to 3, 2002. I was there. Do you remember that? I remember that. Matt yeah. Jones. You Shelley remember Andrews. all that stuff, don't you? I remember every play, every score. What do you remember about Matt Jones? He could fly. He wasn't much of a runner or wasn't much of a thrower, but he could run long strider. I remember we wanted to make him start, stop and start his feet as much as possible, and keep his running game contained we got up and once we got up it was he's not a he wasn't a passer that was going to throw the ball over the yard but just a freak athlete i think he was the what 19th pick to the jags yeah he went to the jags uh ran the fastest time as a quarterback at the wide receiver unbelievable uh as a quarter ran the fastest time at the combine as a quarterback i believe that year or maybe yes. fastest time as a quarterback ever until we got some super freaks now right so yeah now it's totally lamar different. would have something to say about that exactly when you saw matt on film getting ready for that game what was going through your mind well i just hit him hit him like body blows are a big thing you know uh running game is physicality and i we i'm just telling you nobody wanted to play us like we our defense i'll never forget coach coach rick told me several weeks ago he was like hey uh we were we were going to a speaking engagement we were just talking i was, I was driving to a speaking engagement we were talking and he said he'll never forget Spurrier called him the week of our game one year my sophomore year and he was just like, you know, listen, are you going to put a leash on those animals? Like, he was like, you, you, you guys are murdering wide receivers. Like, and if somebody came across the middle, you, 100%. Oh, yeah, you we, knock them out. T- Greg Blue, Thomas Davis, Sean Jones, Odell Thurman, like 100%. We didn't like people. We don't like people. <laughs> we wanted to ruin you. So I think, um, you know, talk, tackling Mac was, you know, the deceptive speed, the long strides, you know, make him start and stop, swarm gang tackle. Um, and then I had to go get Sean Andrews, who, I, I mean, I remember watching him on tape, and I was just like, holy cow, this dude 
370 pounds. I'm glad you like pounds. people now and you're not ready to come across the table with me. <laughs> <laughs> Don't cross me, bro. I'll come across the table. I won't. I won't. Y'all had a great season, though. Congratulations, Razorbacks. Sam Pittman's got it going, man. It's been fun to, fun to watch. They play as hard as any defense in the country. Man, I love watching them. They hunt like a pack of wolves, man. It's cool to watch. Yeah, it's neat. It's a, it's a fun team to Got to hang, hang on to that man. staff. It's going to be big keeping Odom and Bryles and – Keeping all that as long as you can, keep that continuity because those guys are those guys are really really great coordinators, and you got a genuine dude at the helm with Pittman. So you need to keep all those guys together. With all the decisions you need to make about what to do in El Dorado, finding a place to stay is an easy one. The Haywood is uniquely positioned to make your stay one to treasure. Located in the historic Union Square district of El Dorado, the Haywood offers luxurious accommodations that feature contemporary, colorful rooms with high-quality bedding, comfortable baths with walk-in showers, and a spacious workspace with stylish plantation shutters that are unique additions to the stunning decor in a non-smoking environment. Make the Haywood your home away from home the next time you visit El Dorado. This is Thomas Blackman with Blackman Auctions. Me sponsoring a golf show is great irony. I've been a phenomenally bad golfer for 30 years. I don't know the difference between a penalty area and a bunker. I like it, but I'm really bad. You listen to this show and to Trey because he's a great golfer and knows the game backwards and forwards. I know auctions like Trey knows golf. I've been a professional auctioneer for 30 years. I know auctions. Trey knows golf. Listen to the correct expert. Call me to learn about auctions, not Trey. Since 1938, better auctions are Blackman auctions. Welcome back to From the Short Grass. Beachwood Pinnacle Hotels, one of our great sponsors here on From the Short Grass. If you're going to be heading up to Fayetteville for some basketball games, baseball coming up this spring, hey, baseball, you want to stay at the Stay Bridge right across from Baumwalker Stadium right there on West 15th Street in Fayetteville. They've got some other properties up there as well. You can find them online at bphotels.com. Beachwood Pinnacle Hotels. It's now time for our weekly rules segment. On the tee is PGA Master Professional Adam Carney. Adam, earlier this year, uh, no fans were allowed at the Sony Open, and this goes back to early January. Uh, players could have played the 18th hole down the 10th fairway. Now, the 18th is a par 5 there. They would have had a short iron into that green, some of them maybe even a wedge, specifically uh, Bryson DeChambeau if he wanted to. The PGA put internal out-of-bounds stakes left of the fairway of 18. Why is that done? Well, it's, I mean, it's done to protect the integrity of the golf hole, right? Um, so had you and I been playing there at our age, that's not an option. <laughs> True. Um, so, um, and with spectators there, uh, maybe corporate stands, tents, that tents, kind of thing, yeah. yeah. Um, it, it, it just, it wasn't a play. Um, so to, to maintain the integrity of the golf hole, to have the tournament be played the way they want to play, be played, and most particularly with the last hole of the golf course that could determine the tournament, um, they put in course out of bounds. And it is something that the committee um, is allowed to do. Um, I am personally not a fan favorite of it. Um, I've, and this is just personal feelings. I, I just, I just think you know the golf course is the golf course, and putting out of bounds um, internally. Um, just doesn't seem right i mean it, your job is to find the best way around the golf course in the fewest amount of strokes that you can so and if you can cut off a hole 
yeah. then so be it. Yeah. Smart on you to figure it out. Exactly. And so, I mean, we've seen a lot of instances, mostly at, um, shall we say, smaller golf courses in smaller communities where they put in-course out-of-bounds because they're limited with the real estate that they have. Um, I can I can think of two right off the top of my head. One I played in a high school match and, and one here in Arkansas where they actually put in-course out-of-bounds um, because on a par on par fours because you know even at my age right now I could still drive drive green. green you could um, I could I could still I could still get it there okay I can still get I can still hit it high enough to carries long <laughs> enough but it's not going to roll much once it lands but um, and they also instituted a rule that said a ball can't fly over that out of bounds area to the green which is completely uh, against the rules it's I was going to say there's no way you cannot do that. Um, and so, um, in fact, I remember one situation. I was I was in high school uh, playing at a small small golf course. First hole was a par four, and I I'm standing on the tee, and I'm looking at the green over to the right, and I just actually pulled out three wood and flew it on the green. And I remember the opposite coach telling me, "Oh, your ball's out of bounds." I said, "What do you mean it's out of bounds?" I said, "I see your st- in, in course out of bounds stakes there, but I knew I was going to carry that, and I obviously did. I hit it on the green." And he told me that. I said, "You can't, you can't do that." Of course, you know I'm what 16 years old. Oh I, yeah, I, I, you're at a that hardhead. Point, I, I, yeah, I'm a, yeah. Well, I was Cocky. hardhead. Yeah, I mean, you know, some things never change, right? <laughs> and um, so they decided that they were going to cancel the competition at that point and restart the competition. Oh, really? Basically, to allow me to start again because I was the first player to tee off. Right. That day. And I said, "Okay." So I'm gonna do the same thing. I pulled. No, I didn't because I knew I didn't. I didn't. I didn't really want to start a huge fight. So I, I pulled out a driver and hit a big fade around it onto the green. And I mean, this hole wasn't very long. It was like 236 yards or something like that. And it took a driver to get there. And well, when you hit a big, huge fade, I mean, it it, it really. Then okay. there was some argument over. Okay, did it did it get over the edge that out of bounds? And I just oh no, my god, it didn't. And I just walked off the first tee and two putted for birdie and went on. But um, the, you know, there's certain situations. Um, I mean, you and I talked off air. Uh, Big Creek's a good example up in Mountain Home. Great, great golf course that I yeah. was honored to be the golf professional there for for six years. And um, the 14th, 14th hole is a par five. five, and you have to lay up. I yeah, th- even uh, I don't anymore from the back tees, but I don't even play back tees anymore. But um, yeah, I mean, typically that would be. At that time, we didn't have a lot of hybrids. I didn't carry hybrids. I'd hit a long iron out there and then hit a three-wood short of the green and try and get up and down for birdie. And I was I was playing with the owner, uh, Lang Zimmerman, and uh, Tom Clark, course designer. And uh, we stood up on that hole, and they all hit their, their shot. They all hit drivers, of course, short of the creek. And I fired driver up number 10 fairway over the water and up into 10 fairway. And I had probably five iron left into the green, and I remember Tom Clark looking at at Lang Zimmerman saying, "Hey, you need you need to plant about eighteen trees right over there so people can't do that, <laughs> you know." <laughs> um, so, and there's ways you, you can do that. I mean, we did that uh, when I was at Ridgepoint here in Jonesboro. Uh, the thirteenth hole is a par five. We typically played straight up twelve fairway yep. because you could yep. avoid a lot of water, uh, a lot of penalty areas, and you'd still have a long iron or maybe a hybrid into the green. Um, but, but there are trees around the tee box now. Yeah, I, and I did that. That's my one contribution to golf course design in the history of my career. And say, hey, look, let's put some big trees right here by the tee and just block it. 
But uh, you couldn't do anything about the fact that on the front nine, you've got Zoysia Fairways. And on the back nine, you've got Bermuda Fairways. Gus Malzahn, when yep. I had him on, he didn't even recognize that. Right. And he's played out there a lot of times. Yeah, I mean, he lived right down the street from me and played with him several times out there. Um, so, yeah, I mean, it's it's one of those things. I'm not. It's it's not a a huge favorite of me I, of mine. I do understand at times where they want to protect the integrity of the golf hole. Um, they want to protect the integrity of the championship and oftentimes the integrity of a golf course if it's an older golf course. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, no one wants to see you know, the best players in the world going to some of these real traditional golf courses and, and shooting 20 under par to U.S. Open. So Course record. Yep. So They you, don't want them to go. Yeah, exactly. Members don't like it uh, when, they're, when their golf course gets eaten up at a major. Uh, look at Augusta with what they've done to that golf course since Tiger Woods came on the scene. Um, and lit it up. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. He's Adam Carney. I'm Trey Shap. If you've got a question about the rules of golf, email us from the shortgrass at gmail.com. That will do it for this final From the Short Grass of 2021. I hope 2021 has been good to you, and I hope 2022 will be even better. I leave you with this golf quote from the great Bobby Jones. One reason golf is such an exasperating game is that a thing we learned is so easily forgotten, and we find ourselves struggling year after year with faults we had discovered and corrected time and again. I leave you with old Lang Syne and in traditional from the short grass fashion played by bagpipes. I hope you have a great next round on the course in 2022. And when you find your ball mark on the green, fix it and a couple of more. And I hope to see you from the short grass in 2022. You've been listening to from the short grass, a weekly podcast dedicated to the game of golf. This has been a presentation of the buzz radio network.